0: Hi there, I'm Adriana. I will be your host for this episode of the UMass Media Industry Podcast, which introduces you to the concept of dominant ideology and how media industries play a crucial role in reproducing the common sense of our times. I'm a senior at UMass interested in all things media, technology, and policy. I am taking a communications class this semester on digital behavioral data, which is connected to many of the topics we will cover in COM 122. In the last episode, we talked about how the media creates mainstream and popular cultures. In this episode, we will dive into a more contentious argument. Media shapes ideologies or worldviews that divide our society into blue states and red states, proud boys, and social justice warriors. You see, ideology is a value system or lens through which we assign meanings to the things we see and do in the social world. From a libertarian perspective, people tend to advocate for small government and lower taxes. Conservatives in America tend to support the Second Amendment and traditional values. Of course, I am painting different ideologies here in a broad stroke, but have you thought about why different societies or social groups embrace drastically different ideologies? For example, in America, freedom, tolerance, and diversity are highly esteemed values. Whereas in China, nationalism is a unifying principle in public life. Again, the answer lies in messages amplified by the media. The media shapes and reinforces what we call dominant ideology, or dominant values commonly reproduced by other institutions like the government and educational system. The dominant ideology is the social common sense of our time, what is deemed acceptable and desirable by the majority of the public. So what is the dominant ideology of our time? Maybe you would say tolerance, diversity, and progress. Some may say make America great again. Notice that a dominant ideology that is what is accepted and promoted by the majority can be benign or hideous, progressive or conservative, and so on. Because dominant ideologies can be challenged and contested and even changed. Yes, dominant ideologies also vary across societies and change over time. Take Germany, for example. Its dominant ideology during the Nazi era was anti-Semitism, scientific racism, and eugenics. During the Cold War, the dominant ideology of former East Germany was communism. These values are just outrightly despicable in current-day Germany. So why does the media contribute to reproduce dominant ideology? Does the media do it purposefully? Or as Theodor Adorno and Max Horkheimer claimed in their famous book, Dialect of Enlightenment, Is there a conspiracy of the culture industry that produces standardized messages and cultural goods to promote passivity, social control, and consumerism among the masses? We should consider several scenarios. First, in some societies and at certain times in history, media outlets can be controlled by powerful governments and groups that support them to propagate what authoritarian regimes want to promote. Media outlets then act as mouthpieces and tool of propaganda. There are many such cases in the history of the Soviet Union, Nazi Germany, and wartime America. But you might be surprised to find many contemporary cases of modern-day media propaganda in the form of sleep videos, viral internet memes, and catching rap songs. They could be in your Facebook timeline, Instagram stories, and TikTok. Don't forget that, as you become more digitally and media savvy, so do authoritarian regimes. That said, in current-day America, media censorship And government direct control of media is prohibited by the First Amendment. There is no law requiring Fox News to stick with conservative talking points and no regulation asking HBO to produce diverse TV shows. Mostly, the media shapes the dominant ideology by catering to what people want because that makes business sense. If people want A and not B, then the media supplies more A and not B. The simple logic is that by heeding to people's popular choices, the media industry can attract and increase advertising revenue and profit from subscriptions and content purchases. Do you notice that this is a self-fulfilling loop? By supplying more of what the public wants, it creates more demand for the thing wanted by the public. Here are some examples. Have you heard of an HBO show called Confederate? I'm sure you haven't watched it. The show was created by David Vinoff and D.B. Wise, the two writers behind Game of Thrones. But this show is now dead in the water. Confederate is an alternative history drama, imagining a time after the Civil War where the South won. Sounds interesting, but HBO had to cancel the show, resulting in a significant financial loss. This is because the show touched the nerve of an American society reeling from racial tensions and violence committed by white supremacists. Many oppose the show by writing petitions and newspaper op-eds. And on Twitter, people use hashtag NoConfederate to stage a protest. If you want to learn more about this incident, read the assigned opinion article from the New York Times. A comparable case to this is Netflix canceling the latest season of House of Card. The cancellation was due to the sexual assault allegations involving Kevin Spacey, the main actor of the show. While Kevin Spacey hasn't been proven guilty in a court of law, the media industry has already made a verdict. Why? Just imagine facing the pressure of public opinion facing the industry in the time of the Me Too movement. In short, whenever the media creates politically incorrect or insensitive content, it suffers a lot. The media industry is doing many things to stay ahead of the curve, to be at the forefront of political changes. Remember that a few years ago, Oscar was called So White, the lack of diversity is a real issue plaguing the movie business and Hollywood has since faced backlashes from the angry public. What happened since hashtag Oscar so white? In Oscars 2019, the nominated included Black Panthers, a movie with a nearly all black cast. The nomination also includes Crazy Rich Asians, with an all Asian cast. Well, looks like the movie industry is responding to shifting preferences of the public that nowadays highly values racial diversity. And in doing so, the industry is making diversity a more dominant value. Another example is My Little Pony, a kids' show introducing a lesbian pony couple. Here, the content creator of My Little Pony is adapting to increasingly accepted values of respecting and supporting sexual identities of lesbian, gay, and bisexual individuals. By doing it, it makes these ideas appear more mainstream. Finally, we should clarify that just because an ideology is dominant does not necessarily mean it is supported by every member of society. Oftentimes, you will find a silent majority or a vocal minority who are not happy with the dominant ideology or the mainstream culture. They form formidable cultural forces that oppose mainstream values and when given the opportunity can also express them through the media. This is a point we will address in the next episode when we talk about the media as a public sphere.